0: One, zero, zero, and This is Nuclear Knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. Aloha and welcome to another exciting episode of the Nuclear Knowledge, a weekly show by the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. I'm your host, Curtis McGiffin. I'm the Vice President for Education here at NIDS as well as a co-founder, and today's show is about the cause of war. The lesson presented is my own and includes sources I will reference here today. So let's get started. To understand why war occurs is to understand how deterrence might fail. If peace is our ultimate goal in life, then understanding how or why deterrence might fail can help shape successful deterrence-producing strategies. Thucydides proclaimed in 432 BC that states go to war because of fear, honor, or interest. Fear of the rise of challengers. Fear of the unknown. Honor of promise. Or recovery of lost honor from previous attack. And basically, self interests, or what we would refer to today as national interests. Dr. Corey Shake says war happens from, quote, the compelling lure of dominion, from pretensions of grandeur, from greed. It is the product of tyranny, excessive ambition, incompetence, or decadence. John Stossinger's book, Why Nations Go to War, notes that, quote, no nation, That has instigated a war in the 20th century ever emerged a winner. This may well hold true for the 21st century. However, victory may be defined differently. Quote, if there is an outbreak of war, the personalities of the leaders are of critical importance. Beyond their wisdom and rationality, perhaps the most important traits is their risk tolerance and sense of desperation. Stossler goes on to say, the most important single precipitation factor in the outbreak of war is misperception in a leader's view of himself, in a leader's view of his adversary's character, in a leader's view of his adversary's intentions toward himself, and in a leader's view of his adversary's capabilities and power. So let's break down each one of those four very quickly. First, national leaders on the brink of war will often expound confidence in victory. Optimism about quick and decisive victory makes war more likely, and anything that dampens optimism can facilitate peace. Deterrence plays a vital role in dampening this kind of war-enabling optimism. Distorted views of the adversary's character help to precipitate conflict. Whether motivated by hate, fear, honor, or interest, distorted views of the adversary or the adversary's misperceived weaknesses can precipitate an opportunistic conflict. Three, when a leader on the brink of war believes his adversary will attack, the chance of war is fairly high. When both leaders share this perception of intent, war becomes a virtual certainty. When leaders attribute evil designs to their adversaries, and they nurture these beliefs for long enough, they will eventually be proved right. These perceptions often become self-fulfilling prophecies. And lastly, a leader's misperception of power is perhaps the quintessential cause of war. It is not the actual distribution of power that precipitates war. It is the way the leaders thinks that power is distributed. A war will start when nations disagree over their perceived strength. Hence, on the eve of war, at least one nation will misperceive the other's power. Unfortunately, reality is gradually restored as war itself cures these misperceptions. So how do we prevent war? In addition to addressing the four items I just mentioned, John Norton Moore gives us more insight from his book, Solving the War Puzzle. Dr. Moore tells us, while successful deterrence encompasses the totality of positive and negative incentives towards peaceful behavior, it is the negative incentives or consequential motivations that tend to be more compelling. As democracies generally don't go to war with other democracies, the principal path to war for democracies seems to be failing to ensure adequate levels of deterrence when confronted with autocratic leaders who are motivated and prepared to use force to achieve their objectives internationally. According to Dr. Moore, war basically occurs when, one, there is an absence of adequate military forces. In other words, the lack of capability and capacity with which to deter an adversary. Two, Dr. Moore tells us there is a deficient communication of intent. This might be the lack of national resolve or willingness to defend or carry out the guaranteed threat to punish if attacked. And third and finally, there is a lack of believability of the guarantee. Now, this means that there's a dearth in perceived credibility to both fight and punish if attacked. Finally, Dr. Moore tells us the ultimate risk of war occurs when we experience, quote, double deterrence absence, unquote. This is a phenomenon that is the result of an autocratic aggressor who believed it possessed sufficient force to prevail quickly in war and democracies, That might have the military or diplomatic power to prevent the war were not inclined to intervene, or deter that aggression. So, in conclusion, successful deterrence must seek to convince an adversary that war is more costly than the peace they seek to upset. To enhance deterrence, democracies must recognize the factors that motivate autocratic leaders to initiate wars and identify these characteristics that may indicate the possibility of war. In order to prevent misunderstandings that can lead to war, democracies must deliberately communicate their capability and credibility to autocratic adversaries. The absence of deterrence commitments could have led to the 1950 attack on South Korea by North Korea and the 1990 invasion of Kuwait by Saddam Hussein's Iraq. By better understanding adversarial leaders and their circumstances and motivations, deterrence can be strengthened and war may be averted. I want to thank you for listening to today's Nuclear Knowledge Show. I hope you learned something new and valuable about deterrence. Nuclear Knowledge is a production of NIDs, a 501 c organization dependent upon donations to provide this podcast. Every donation helps keep this and many other deterrence-related activities happening and helps us to bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength and our national deterrence. This podcast is produced weekly and each episode is released on Monday. I invite you to check out our other podcast, The Nuclear View. You can catch it and all of our podcasts on our website, thinkdeterrence.com. I thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative nuclear knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies.